This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. It's time to take command with former NFL tight end Logan Paulson and former Commander's Beat reporter Craig Hoffman. Last thing we'll talk about real quick is kind of just putting a bow on the Snyder era. Um, and I wanted to, to specifically ask you this. As, as a player who is playing for the organization as things kind of really turn, because the first decade was obviously frustrating as could be of Snyder's ownership. And then all of a sudden in 2012, this magic season happens. You're part of that team. And then it so quickly falls off and it seems like the frustration turned to vitriol and then turned to apathy very quickly. Mm -hmm. And just the fan base either was like, I hate this. This is garbage. And this guy is terrible. And he's not, we're never going to win as long as he's here or that same thought. But instead of, I hate this, it's like, I don't care anymore. What was it like to be a player and kind of feel that high of 2012 and then feel the fan base turn on the outside as, as your career continued? Yeah. I mean, 2012, um, it's going to sound hyperbolic, but it was the most fun I ever had playing football. Like it was fantastic. Like the, the, the fans and the city were just so supportive of the team. And it was just a glimpse of what, you know, what this, what this market can be. And I think that's super exciting and I'm really glad that I was a part of it. And then, you know, I do feel in some kind of crazy way, somewhat kind of responsible for the, the, the downcline, because ultimately, like, I think if you win football games, Right. If you win football games, the fans stay around. Right. If you make if you win playoff games, the fan base stays strong. The fan base stays loyal. And um, I felt like, you know, in a weird way, like I was a part of the teams that kind of started that downturn. And, you know, this organization went through some pretty bad luck in terms of the Alex Smith thing, the Kirk Cousins trade, all that kind of stuff. And then not being able to get a healthy quarterback. I, I don't think I, I understand that that is um, <clears throat> that 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 is not necessarily something you can control. And so like if, if Alex Smith is healthy and plays three years of football and they make the playoffs two years in a row, are we talking about the same type of complete meltdown here in Washington? Like, I don't know. And you know, it's, yeah. it's a hypothetical obviously, but um, so I think, yeah, like I just, I, I, I want them to win games like this team to win games badly. 
I think the fan base here deserves that. I like it was so it was so cool, Craig, to be there that Dallas game in 2012 to clinch the playoffs, and that place was electric. The fans were electric. Um, you know, you'd go to the grocery store, and people were proud to be Washington football team fans, and that has just not been the case in the 10 years since I've left. So hopefully we can get the, the, they can get back to there. And, you know, obviously they got to start making good football decisions and hire the right coaches, hire the right people. And I'm not saying Ron's not that guy because I think Ron's perfectly capable of doing that. He's, he's, you know, he's done it before in his past. But I do think that, you know, those are some things like as much as the, the team ownership is a huge thing and, and that title changing hands is a big deal. I think they they got to start making some some good decisions and, and giving these guys the support that they need to win games because ultimately I think if you're trying to get get back to that level like you got to win you know you got to win games. Yeah, um, it's going to be really interesting to see how how Harris comes in and like does he try to find the Daryl Morey of the NFL like does he just find the best executive in the league and be like I'm going to pay you a bunch of money you're going to come here um and how does that jive with Ron or without Ron depending on how this first season goes and kind of the very analytics heavy approach and all those kinds of things and and, and like you said like the football and, and winning and losing is ultimately going to matter the most um but I do think there will be a bit of a honeymoon um Sure. And, you know, people are going to be excited. Like I anticipate their first game being played on Sunday or Monday night football. My guess is they probably uh, hype it up with the Cowboys. Uh, and <laughs> and for the first time in a while, it's going to feel like FedEx is a gigantic home field advantage on, mm. on game one. But like you said, like over time, the way that that's going to sustain, the way you're going to keep that stadium as full as possible, the way it's going to not be filled with road fans is, is winning. Um, and but, I, I think the other thing is it doesn't even need to be crazy winning. It needs to be like yeah. getting to the playoffs, like standing tall, walking into the playoffs and maybe getting a win in a playoff game. Like think about how crazy this city would be. You know, everyone's been upset about the name change and I get it. You know, the nostalgia associated with it, all that kind of stuff, the, the decline of the organization. But I guarantee you, they, you win a playoff game here and this city's on fire in a good way. And I, and I right. just I hope that that happens, man, because I think that would be outstanding for everybody involved. Totally. And you combine that with the fact that you don't anticipate any more like Washington Post stories dropping about Correct. terrible yeah. things. Like there will be some, like they're not done, right? Like I would anticipate at least one more story from Don Van Nata from ESPN. I would anticipate, you know, or the Washington Post doing obviously more reporting on the Mary Jo White report when it comes out on these federal investigations. Like we're not out of the woods on that stuff, but the difference is like when he's no longer in charge, it's like, okay, we can consume that story without the kind of moral conundrum of, okay, well, is it still okay for me to root for the team? Yeah. Like, cause he doesn't own it anymore. And I, and I think that's huge, obviously for the fan base. And there's been so many of those moments over time from before you were playing to, you know, during, and, you know, some of them were football, more football adjacent than others. Like, you know, obviously on the non-football adjacent, you have like Snyder suing fans for season ticket deposits that they couldn't repay mm. during the recession. Like there's, I, I went through a lot of those moments, um, in the monologue that I, I did on the show last week that we put out in the bonus episodes. So if you want kind of the full recap, uh, you can listen to that or, you know, go on the internet and find, find the compilations of them. There's, there's a lot, but there's also like the kind of, you know, which you were in the, not necessarily in the middle of, but you were, you were hit, at least caught in the shrapnel of, of like the fight between Snyder, RG and the Shanahan's. And it's like, what's, I would imagine the frustration fans felt at the time, you know, maybe it's a little different with hindsight, seeing how everybody's career pan careers panned out. But like, I can't imagine like 
thinking like, oh, we've got this Hall of Fame coach. You've got this his son who's this, this hot shot offensive coordinator. And we have this this quarterback who just won rookie of the year. And like they're all fighting each other. Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? And, and so, you know, hopefully under stronger leadership, you also avoid those kinds of situations. They happen in the NFL, but that they just so that just so boiled out of control um, that to, like I look at that as like one of the key kind of points in the Snyder era when you look back and, and one that really kind of encapsulates what it was like to be a fan during it. Absolutely. And um, I will say, you know, like I mentioned that I played for a couple of different teams and the media here, because it was my first team I was with, obviously, in the NFL, I was just, it was just like, it's relentless. It's a relentless group of people. They're always looking for stuff to talk about. And that's the job, you know, like we're doing the same thing right now. So no, sure. no harm, no foul there. But the type of stuff you're talking about is, was just always like, it was, and then I go to like, you know, Chicago and that's, you know, they were a pretty big market, right? Chicago's a pretty big market. And it was just like, yeah, hey, you know, like, you know, who's your favorite linebacker of all time? Oh, that's great. You know, who's your best friend on the team? It was just so different to having those conversations as opposed to like, hey, like, how do you feel about the name change? How do you feel about Robert? How do you feel about Mike? How do you feel about, you know, Kyle saying this? And you're just like, whoa, you know, like it was just it was a it was a constant deluge of just stuff to navigate and, and talk about and just became really, really challenging. So um, I do think that that will be good. You know, it's funny. Like I was talking to someone on the football side um, when I first got here and the how overwhelmed they were because it was just after like another story. I forget what it was, you know, one of the legal things. And he was like, man, like we just don't have time to talk or think about football the same way as we do in other markets because there's all this stuff here. So I'm kind of hoping kind of to your point that when Dan leaves, you know, some of those issues go with them and the fans can kind of say focus on the team and the guys on the football side can also say focus on the team because I think that's super important too, right? Is that like when you get an exasperated coach just being like, I don't know how, like we're just, we're talking about this other thing all the time. And then it was like, and then I remember talking to him and then the next week another story broke and it was just like this constant thing of just navigating stuff that is unrelated to football. And hopefully that, that, that it's, that's moving on now and that that's done. And again, if all that stuff kind of clears, you know, you get a, a more effective management style, you get people making better decisions higher up, you get more investment and stuff, and you don't have to talk about things not related to football. What kind of product could you get here from from the, from this staff even? And I think that's something that's really important. And it gets me kind of excited. And I think it should get fans excited. It's just that they're move, they're stepping into a new phase. Everybody here, even if they've been around for a couple of years, because like, I think there was a lot of, there was this huge albatross of all this other unrelated football stuff and football related stuff, drama, so to speak, that made it really hard to do the, do your job here. Yeah. Um, when we talk about closing the book on the Snyder era, um, that brings up the question of a rebrand. Um, not that we're going to spend a, a huge amount of time <laughs> on it, but I, I do think it's, it's an interesting thought, um, for a couple of reasons. One, I don't get the sense that I don't get the sense that commanders was the most popular, uh, name as they did all the testing. Uh, I'll put it that way. Uh, but I, I do get the sense that the owner who's on his way out really wanted commanders. <laughs> and so if you can get a better name, uh, it seems like something that's at wor worth at least exploring. And you might not have to do all of the research again because you did it. You just listened to it better this time, mm. uh, better in quotation marks. Um, so that's one thing. 
uh, I, I do think that, you know, Kai has mentioned that you have to wait five years uh, to that, do yeah. it. Mm -hmm. And so I do think you have a little bit of time, right? And if, if five years from now you are moving into a new stadium, you haven't really had the success that you want uh, yet. Because, like, look, if they go three years from now and somehow Sam Howell is incredible and they win a freaking Super Bowl, they're not changing the name. I mean, shoot, even if they gonna... win a playoff game, man. Like, think about it. If you win right. a playoff game and it's trending the right direction, you got a couple winning seasons, like, you're the commanders now, uh, in right. my opinion. I know. I totally agree. Um, but if, if for whatever reason you haven't yet, um, you kind of continued and you haven't quite dug out of the hole, you're still making your changes. And now all of a sudden you're about to go into a new stadium and you feel confident that you can get the new, the name that you want, you know, you've done the IP work or whatever, then I think it's, I, I don't think it's unreasonable. Um, you know, the other option, I wonder if, you know, because obviously there was a way for them to go to from the old nickname to Washington football team to commanders. Like, would they go back to Washington football team on some kind of temporary basis? And then, I like that better personally, but you know, I, I do, too. Like, I would I would consider it and be like, all right, we're going to be the Washington football team. And then uh, I just like know, that as it, the name, like just right. And, <laughs> and, and tell like Goodell and whoever else is in the decision making process, like, look, we're going to do this temporarily. Um, for now, but like, if we have the success, we think we are like, that's just going to be us from now on. Like yeah. we're it, with the, the option to become permanent, if you will. But I don't know where you are on, on the potential for a rebrand. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. It just, in terms of, if I'm Josh Harris, like, am I thinking about it? Yeah. Is it like high on my list of priorities? Like probably not, you know, like I'm thinking about the stadium. I'm thinking about the practice facility, I'm thinking about re-engaging the community of fans. And I understand like you want a name that people like and are excited about, but like as a, and this is just maybe how my brain works. I don't really care. Like, I don't really care about the name of a team. I want them to be good at football. Like if yes. I'm if a fan. So like, how do I prioritize that stuff as opposed to kind of this superfluous other stuff that name branding colors, jerseys, I get fans want that to be cool, but like, you know, the new England Patriots, like teams that win, they they get something to them and it's like yeah oh, how good gosh. how good is any particular team name anyway like right. is patriots it's, really that genius yeah it's patriots and it's like the steelers like i get it but like you like them because they've been successful yeah. and they're like it's iconic because yes. of what they've done right. not because of the word i do think commanders is particularly clunky like yeah, it's, it's way too weird. long yeah. it doesn't fit on gear like there's no good shortened nickname people like to joke about the commies or you know i'll, <laughs> I'll go mando sometimes but like there's not like there's a lot of problems with it, but if you win, you win and it's fine. Um, I do think I, I agree with you that Washington football team is is better. Yeah. Um, and if they don't win a lot and they're going into a new stadium and they could kind of restart it all at once. And the other thing that I've heard that I like as a, as a very good point is it kind of puts a bow on the Snyder era where it's I like it. it's over. It's behind us. We're not talking about it again. And I could I could see the value in that as well. Yeah, and I and I I totally agree. I totally I totally get that hundred hundred percent. If I'm a new guy, maybe that's something I want to prioritize. But again, like, just where is it in the hierarchy of needs? And I and I get it. I understand. Yeah, ending ending the Dan thing, but you know, is it is it uh, is it high on my list if I'm the new guy? Probably not. Is is just my perspective. But I'm not Josh Harris, and he might feel differently about it. Right. Okay. Picture this: it's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. 
conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. All right, last thing. Uh, I, got, I thought of another question that we didn't put in our list of potential questions, but I want to run this by you real quick, and it's football adjacent. Um, or not even football adjacent, it's football. So Harris in Philadelphia hires Daryl Morey, who is, or first he hires Sam Hinkie, and they go through the process. With the Sixers, like you're saying, giant, right? Yeah. Just so yeah. people know what you're talking about, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Harris, who also owns the NBA's Philadelphia 76ers, um, when he took over, he greenlit the process as it's as it's been known, uh, which was basically a giant intentional tank job because in the NBA, the roster building you know, mm. needs to have a star player. Right. If you don't have one of the six best players on the planet, you're never winning a championship. That's the nature of the NBA. It's very different than the NFL, where like the closest thing you might have to that is a star quarterback and the Ravens won with Joe Flacco. Like, right. and there's plenty of stories that without throughout NFL history, right? So he was like, this is the best way to win. We're going to go full bore towards that. It's a, and they used a very analytics based approach in terms mm. of how they played. It helped shape the style. It helped shape who they took from like a roster building standpoint, all that kind of stuff. The analytics movement in the NBA is, I would say, more advanced. And also basketball is a more analytics friendly game than football is. There's so many more variables in football, sure. including the fact that you have, you know, over double the amount of players on the field at, at one time. Right. Like that's just more factors, um, you know, downs distances as opposed to kind of the free flowing nature of a basketball game that is generally divided into pretty clean offensive and defensive possessions long windup point is if Harris takes an analytical approach to team building to or hires an executive that takes an analytical approach to team building to building a style of play what does that look like um and, and is there anybody in the league that you think now does a good job of kind of being forward thinking and using a lot more data than has been traditionally used in the league Oh man, I wish I would have had time to look this up, but I don't have any off the top of my head for for that first part. But in terms we of, we can circle back to this for sure next yeah. week or in the future when we've had a little more time to dig in. But I just thought of it and I thought it was interesting. No, it's, it's something it's, that I haven't heard a lot of people talk about. It's a really good question. And so, yeah, what I would say is that if I'm trying to build a team and I want immediate success, I think this roster is close. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I think it's close, and I. You know, we've talked about some of the issues that I have with the with the group. You know, is the offensive line, you know, plus offensive line, maybe can it be elevated with play calling? Sure. You're looking for another playmaker on the defense, linebacker, corner, whatever it is, right? So I think, you know, you have a good draft this year, maybe even closer. But what I would say, if I'm trying, and, and this year is especially interesting, I think, for, for this question, because Caleb Williams is going to be the first pick next year, probably. You know, everyone that I've talked to in the scouting world is, you know, it's so funny. We were talking about the quarter, these quarterbacks at the combine, Bryce Young, CJ Stroud, all these guys. And everyone kept bringing up Caleb Williams, like at nauseum. And I was like, and they were like, he is Michael Jordan. And so, you know, for your point about kind of the, the rebuild, you know, you need a franchise player. Maybe that's your franchise quarterback next year. Maybe that's that dude. And so if I am thinking, if I'm forward thinking about that, I'm going to try if I'm the new uh, GM coming in this offseason, probably starting right when I get in, to trade something so that I have two first-round picks for next year. Because I want to give myself the ability to trade up for Caleb Williams. And think about it. You know, everyone talks about rebranding, all this stuff. Th nothing rebrands better, in my opinion, than a starting, you know, franchise quarterback. And what I mean by that is he's the face of your team. He's going to do interviews. He's going to be all over the place. He's going to do shampoo commercials, all that kind of stuff. 
I want to make sure I have that opportunity. So there's a couple guys on the roster that I think you could move to give yourself that opportunity. Most of them are on the defensive line. So, you know, like keep an eye on this year. Like he won't be, he won't be here. The owner or the, the new GM won't be in, in time to implement this policy. But if I'm the GM, I'm, I'm probably drafting a defensive lineman at 16. I'm looking if sweat has any trade value to get me into something that I've got. If I'm, if I am going Caleb Williams here, if, if that's what I'm trying to do, trying to get first round draft capital first and a high second and say, Hey man, we have tools now to say we can move up and draft the Michael Jordan of next year's draft. And I know that's a year away. That seems crazy, but you know, we're talking about building a team and then all of a sudden you've got a pretty good roster with an excellent quarterback on a rookie deal. And you say, let's let it rip. And if I'm, if I'm Josh Harris, if I'm this group, uh, that's something I'm definitely, definitely considering, but you need to move a piece. It just depends on which piece that is. And if you can get enough value for it to kind of, um, I might even trade two players. I'll be, I'll be like, here, here are these two players for a first round pick or a first and a second next year. Let's see if we can get it going. Like that, that's how important that would be. And I think that this year, that, that question for this year is especially significant because of the two quarterbacks in next year's draft. Yeah. By the way, uh, that is that is Gonzaga College High School's uh, Caleb Williams. Oh, really? I didn't know that. Oh, yeah. He's a DC guy. So um, talk about the potential for him to be a star here. Um, You know, I'm almost always wary of that, like the hometown. Like it it worked with LeBron. Uh, You know, outside of that, how many? He's a unique guy, right? Yeah. How many? How many guys have been drafted to their hometown team? And it's like, I mean, Derek Rose. It worked for a little bit, and then it very much didn't. And you know. There, there's been some success in moderate levels, but it does definitely. Uh, I mean, there's also the scarring here of like obviously Dwayne, um, who's a local kid and, and didn't work out, but Caleb Williams is a different kind of prospect. So um, that's interesting. Um, and, and certainly would go counter the way that the team has been run this offseason. Um, well, but I don't think it's it's a crazy idea at all. I think it's actually a really smart idea. And had, had the new ownership been in place in, let's say, January, I do wonder how different everything looks. Yeah, I think I think that could have that process could have that process could have started this year. Assuming you think one of these guys is a franchise changing guy, and I'm yeah. I'm in the boat that is leaning like I'm in I'm in the Bryce Young boat. I don't know if I'm fully committed to say he's going to change your franchise. Yeah. I think well, I'm in like very... starting it in terms of planning ahead for next year. I see. Yeah, but I'm saying even like maybe you make a move, you move up to draft, you know, Richardson or whatever. You you you, you yeah. start that process now. But I do think it works better going into 2024, right? Is that right? Yeah. 2024. So yeah. I think that, um, that, again, like that's something that I would kind of this offseason, this season, keep an eye on when that GM gets here, when they start planning stuff out. Because if you think he's that dude, like I- I'm going to try yeah. and get my – because, again, I look at Philly, and I think Philly's just done such a great job in terms of team building. They always have two first-round picks. They've done a great job of that. And – because it gives them the ability to say, Hey man, here's two first. We're going to switch spots with you. Let's get up there and get that guy we want to get. And so, yeah, I think that would be something analytically I would do. And especially you see, and the other thing with analytics guys, especially in the NFL now is they, I think they are decreasing the value of first round draft picks. So do you trade that first round draft pick for a franchise quarterback? Like, would they be in, would they be in the Lamar sweepstakes this year? I think more likely so um, than the guys in there now. Yeah, I will say this about Williams. If he's actually that dude, I don't know that like if, you know, if you're if you think he's Peyton Manning. Yeah. Would you trade seven first round picks? <laughs> like I, I'm saying like if you're the team, like would you would you someone calls you and is like, I will give you seven first round picks so that I can go to one and take Caleb Williams. Would you tell them no? 
what do you mean when I told if, him? If that? you really, if you're really like Caleb Williams is Peyton Manning, yeah, or Tom, yeah, you know, like yeah, like I mean, it, it, that's so invaluable. Like I just don't know the the feasibility of trading up to that first pick. Like you you can't possibly know. Like right. with 100% certainty. I think, I think that's the problem. That's the thing. I immediately had that thought. I was like, if 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 you know, if you know that this is Peyton Manning, the guy. Yeah, he the goes first, out. He has every bit of a year that you think he can for USC. He wins the Heisman. He's incredible. He's far and away the number one pick. And you're 100% sure he's going to the Hall of Fame. I think the highest I would go is four. The highest I would go. I wouldn't yeah. go seven. But, I, you know, yeah. I would. But, like, my know, point is, if you're if you're the Texans. Oh, yeah. they're probably they. I mean, it's they, not. They let's say the Texans. <laughs> like, right, right, exactly. Like, if you if you're the team with the number one pick, what trade is an acceptable terms where you're giving up the chance to take that guy? And I just don't know what that trade. I don't is. know what it is. Yeah, that's a great point. So, so it's it is it does get funky. It does get hairy. But I think the idea of like being willing to give stuff up and having some flexibility to go get a guy, um, is is well put. It's just like if he's that guy, um, yeah. you know, I don't I don't know. You're you're saying that they might not be willing to. to yeah, I don't know what the price is going to be, and I don't know that there is a price. Well, you um, just hope the guy. You hope you get the Chicago Bears from this year in the spot. So right, they got a young quarterback. I mean, that'd be tough, man. Yeah, God, Carolina. Tough. Carolina has Bryce Young. He has a good year, but it's you know it's not great. Yeah, they're it's in the, not. They're, they're not. They're not taking Williams, but they're willing to take your four first rounders. Right. Um. That's that's kind of what you need. All right. That was a fun little football end. Uh. Wednesday. Huge show. Should have mentioned this off the top. Uh, we are doing a crossover episode with Brian Baldinger and Jason Lockenfora. So super pumped about that. Uh, that is the Wednesday slash Thursday pod in your audio feeds Thursday morning. Uh, we're looking forward to that. Next week, uh, Mock Draft 2.0 slash Final Point uh, as the draft <laughs> is coming up on Thursday. So uh, Monday, I think what we're going to do is we're going to take a look at the most commanders players in the draft. So that's mm. our plan for Monday. And then we'll do a mock draft uh, that'll come out the morning of the draft on Thursday. So uh, that's that's the plan. Make sure you subscribe wherever you're watching or listening right now. And for Logan, I'm Craig. We'll see you next time on Take Command.